All right. Season two, episode five of Duh, the podcast, and we are going over week three in the NFL. And then after the full game rundown, we are going to go over some of our winners and losers, specifically from week three, um, to close it out. Um, you guys have anything before we get started? Um, I just want to shout out Travis Kelsey. It looks like he has taken time out of his busy schedule with uh, white supremacy rallies to now do a Pfizer commercial. So shout out him. He's playing both sides. <laughs> uh, I will, my opening comment would be the general media would have you sheep believing that this was a weird upset week in football. But as we warned you on this podcast, that is not the case. Everyone is just terrible. Yeah, no one's good. I think that <laughs> continues. Well, besides the Buccaneers, but we'll get there. Yeah, and the Dolphins. Really the only competent offense in the NFL currently. Um, so I guess we'll start Thursday night. Giants 49ers, Giants 12, 49ers 30. Pass. Um, yeah. I feel like no one even watches these games because of the Amazon Prime thing. Um, yeah, I watch. Okay. Well, I had no interest in watching because it kind of went as expected. The Giants did keep it close for a good bit of the game, if memory serves, but the really the only comment I have on the game is shout out me for taking Jamar Chase over Christian McCaffrey in fantasy. Probably the best move you've could have made. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this game, I mean, even 30, 30 to 12, even 30 points of the offense was not really clicking. It was more of just the Giants would refuse to score. Um, and some a lot of screen passes, as most offenses are doing these days. But I didn't have too much on this one. I miss Brandon Ayuk, probably their best player. Besides McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. It was not on my fantasy team, for those keeping track of them. So, should we get started on the 1 o'clock window? Oh, yeah. We'll start with a pretty straightforward one. Bills at Commanders. Bills 37, Commanders 3. Yeah, we touched on this last week. If the Bills are going to win, it's going to be in a landslide. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what Colin has to say about Mr. Bienemy and his pathetic op. One one week removed from calling him a guru. Yeah, he's still uh, not even a head coach, but still coach of the year candidate. Um, the spin moves by Sam Howell are just out of fucking control. Like, I was for it for a couple weeks, but now it's just literally, like, almost a Tourette's tick. Yeah, I saw a stat. I think in three weeks he's taken 19 sacks, and the next closest person is, like, 12 or 13. Yeah, I really don't have that much to say on this because this is a game where if the commanders kept it close or even nudged out an ugly victory because Allen played bad, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I'm also equally not surprised that they just got rolled by a clearly superior team. And again, I mean, if Josh Allen is not a turnover machine, like the Bills will be good. It's just he's a turnover machine 
at least like once every three weeks. Yeah, he did right have on the, pace for it. He did have the second best interception in NFL history, second to only his first interception week one. Just another punt. That's just a savvy move. Good punt. Yeah, probably the best option in that uh, situation. Uh, yeah, all you have to need, all you need to know from this game is Sam Howell had 30 attempts for 170 yards and four picks. Like, that's not going to get it done. But he was bound to have a game like this. He basically goes into every game at a complete disadvantage because he basically is just like dizzy bat spinning himself on every play. Like, you would expect, (laughs) I mean, we'll get to this game later, but like, Deshaun Watson's backwards throw. It's honestly impressive that Sam Howe doesn't have, like, three backwards throws already. <laughs> yeah, we were joking about it to start the game, and then just every time there was an offensive clip from the commanders, he was spinning out of something or into something. He did have one impressive run, and on that one run, there was easily four spins in one <laughs> yeah. play. Yeah, it was one like minimum like, two. One of which was like 15 yards downfield too, which is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, the only thing, real thing I have on this game is it's almost as if we can stop overreacting through two weeks of the fucking season, and we'll, we'll it'll be a similar theme when we get to the fucking Cowboys game. But like, let's simmer down with like the Eric B. Enemy is you know God essentially, and. He's the reason why the Chiefs were struggling and why the commanders are so good, blah, blah, blah. It's fucking – we were two weeks in. So hopefully people learn their lesson. I know they didn't. And well, in my better. opinion, the Chiefs offense is still struggling. Every offense is struggling besides Miami. Yeah, very and good. Of, and as of last – or Sunday night, the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that game as well. <laughs> All right, so the next game <laughs> – Another another blowout. Titans 3, Browns 27. And the first thing I have on this game is that clip of Deshaun Watson throwing the ball like eight yards backwards was when this game was 3-3. Three to three. So the fact that the Titans could do absolutely nothing after that is pretty impressive. I feel like we need to start recording with video just so we can pull up some of these plays. Yeah, that's true. Although I'm not sure I would even know how to do that. Oh, well, I think uh, I think Tannehill just needs another year or two to put the pieces together and figure it all out. I think the, sad, the sad thing is, I'm obviously fucking joking, but the sad thing is, Josh, you may have not been wrong. He may still just start the whole fucking year. It's It's a miracle he hasn't been benched yet. I mean, yeah. he started he started week one with a four-interception game, and then this game was 25 attempts for 104 yards. Like, if, they're, if they haven't benched him yet, yeah, they just may not bench him at all. Well, the hilarious part is he played really well week two. <laughs> yeah. Saved himself, bought himself another couple weeks, I guess. But, yeah, no, they need to just take Brian Tannehill out back and put him out of his misery. The other note from this game is what we all saw coming for three years now, the Derrick Henry fall off, 11 carries for 20 yards. 
I wonder if they trade Diop. They just traded for him. <laughs> they signed him as a free agent, dickhead. I mean, he's. I mean, I, I'll level with you. They should fucking trade him. He's terrible. Yeah, I mean, they're like to who? <laughs> uh, the Chiefs. Chill. Fair. The Chiefs. Honestly. Or the fucking yeah, Jim Stray there, completely uncalled for. <laughs> or Belichick just playing fucking Palpatine in his trades, like a seventh round pick for him mid season. Yeah, I I will say I guess it was somewhat surprising seeing Vrabel's defense get rolled like this. If you looked at the stat sheet and just look at Deshaun Watson's stats you were like, this was easily his best game as a Brown. And honestly, even if you watched the game and saw the backwards pass, this was still his best game as a Brown. And that's not even a compliment. That's just how bad he's been up to this point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been brutal. And I don't I don't think that this 27-3 to win against the Titans is going to set him completely on the right track. I think it was just a good game. That in their defense is ridiculous. Fucking shout out yeah. to I would die for Jim Schwartz. Yeah. I mean, Miles Garrett could be the best player in the NFL. I mean, I don't think it's a could be. Yeah, true. Some, some he is. Dad, did you know Miles Garrett is the best player in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> People are saying that. <laughs> Did you guys hear? <laughs> we we heard a little bit of it. <laughs> I played a sound of yours, by the way, last week on the episode. We should have gotten another one for this week. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey. so we'll just keep it rolling. Um, we've already alluded to this game a little bit. Dolphins 70, Broncos 20. I'll go first as yeah. the Wilson defender. Um, I honestly don't know. I feel like Sean Payton is, like, trolling at this point because I just don't understand how they are that bad. Um, like, I, Did I their roster like, drastically change? No, if anything, they it looked like on paper, like it improved. Like their defense allowed like sixteen points per game last season. Like they traded away Chubb last year, but like, what right? The fuck that, but they played half the season without him. That's what I'm saying. And they were fine. And like, um, like they signed Randy Gregory two years ago. From Dallas, they got Sertan still. I just don't understand. Like, I almost feel like Sean Payton got there and was like, holy shit, what the fuck did I get myself into? So he's just, like, intentionally losing. So the blame is not on him. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain bring, how. Bring back Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Unjustly fired. I, what I he just had him. nothing to work with. What I'm really pulling for at this point is... Next week, I think it is, when they play the Jets. I hope Zach Wilson and the Jets just kick the living shit out of the Broncos. And then Matt Hackett, after the game, is like, that was one of the worst coaching jobs in history. 
That would be be hilarious. That would be my ideal scenario. And I'm a Sean Payton guy. But yeah, dude, 70 points, even in today's fucking princess NFL. um, That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, the Dolphins just have something figured out that no one else does, and it's mainly just speed. Just no one can physically catch them. Which begs the question as to why the Raiders were so bad for so long. They didn't have enough uh, of it. Besides the fact that Hank Ruggs, like, literally killed somebody. Yeah, that did not help. (laughs) (laughs) That's just us being objective. That certainly did not help. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The facts are facts. That helped helped no one. I mean, I... I don't know what else to say, but I fucking told you so. I've been telling you since the 4th of July that fucking the Broncos were going to be terrible. You guys tried to tie a cinder block to my feet and send me to the bottom of the ocean because you didn't want the truth getting out, but I swam back to the surface. And now I'm just going to start saying nice things about the Broncos each week because I tried to warn everybody. So nice thing about the Broncos this week. Russell Wilson is significantly better than he was last year, which may not be saying much, but he has improved. And I think you guys already brought it up, but the craziest thing is, like, the defense. Like, it's not like Vic Fangio was still there last year. Like, Nat Hackett's defense was lights out, and he was 2-1 and one through two weeks. So, yeah, is Nathaniel Hackett a better head coach than Sean Payton? Well, people and are also, asking. Also, uh, is it Vance? Wasn't Vance Joseph the fucking DC last year too? I think, I think he so. is new. I I actually think Peyton brought him in. I can't remember. Uh, but, um, I'm googling it right now. Google it. Google it right for now. For the people. Uh, no, he was the Cardinals' defensive coordinator the last few years. That too, they chose to bring in yeah. <laughs> the fucking Cardinals. The cra- and, I completely forgot about this too. I forgot he was the Broncos head coach in 2017 and 18. Oh yeah, completely forgot about that. Yeah, and again, just not a good look. The Cardinals defense right now looks the best it's looked in five fucking years. Now that he's out of the building, well, Jonathan Gannon. Is uh, I still don't like, I can't wrap my head around how like hard and how well the Cardinals are playing for how little talent they have. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon, coach of the year candidate. No, Brandon Staley already has that locked up. Oh Seriously, yeah, he's doing it all over there, and that is all we are going to say about the Chargers Vikings game. <laughs> Brandon Staley dragging his carcass of a team across the finish line. <laughs> Here if you get their first one of the season, dragging them. <laughs> Brandon Staley is basically Charles fucking Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, let's get to this one. Uh, Colts-Ravens, uh, 22-19. Baby, would you like to start? This is my favorite game of the weekend. Probably um, my least favorite if I had to pick one. Lamar 
if you just look at the stat sheet, it looks like he played a really good game. Um, but as someone that was subjected to watching 98% of that game, you're welcome. He, he did not play well. Um, he may have thrown four passes over 10 yards the entire game, if that. And yeah, I think our receivers ran a total of four routes that were beyond 10 yards, but Greg Roman was the problem. Yeah. Um, I will say it, you know, they, they should have done more. The turnovers was honestly what killed them more than anything. And Lamar taking some really untimely sacks. Um, it didn't help that he missed a wide open receiver in overtime. Uh, Zay Flowers, I think it was. Didn't help that Isaiah likely got hit square in the chest and dropped a pass. Um, but honestly, the story of this game for me personally is one, Matt Gay is the new best kicker in the NFL. And two, somehow the fucking Colts are the best team in the AFC South. Maybe. Yeah, behind the Texans, if anything. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, it's the Texans. <laughs> that was my main takeaway. It was like, how many fucking times do we and does Gardner have to fucking prove that he is easily a top 25 quarterback in this league? Yeah, without question. I mean, Especially pre-game, the- I saw him just before he even put on his helmet, and I was like, God damn it, why do the Ravens have to play against him? And he, he just... Puts his nuts on the table. And mind you, they don't have Jonathan Taylor. Their offensive line is still a fucking dumpster fire. And your number one wide receiver is Michael Pittman. Like, you couldn't pay me to to fucking tell you who their fucking starting tight end is. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He's throwing the fucking deck chairs. Or, like, legitimately any other receiver on their team. Yeah, like Alec Pierce. Give me a fucking yeah. break. Yeah, no, he did He did what he had to do with nothing to work with. And oh, honestly, it's just hilarious that uh, Ravens fans will have you blaming injuries when they're just, they were just down their starting quarterback and their starting running back, like an all-pro running back. Yeah, and also their Ravens' best edge defender is just the safety. You know, like you said, pretty easy when it's unblocked. I was going to say, yeah, it certainly helps when you literally don't even get touched, but still. Yeah, three sacks, though. Yeah, hey, you still got to make the tackle. That was the bright That was the bright spot of the the game was three unblocked sacks. I think the bright spot for me was watching Justin Tucker come so short on that field goal. Yeah, that probably was not my favorite part if I had to pick one not favorite part. Yeah, this game was just overall very frustrating. I feel like the entire game the Ravens were like, hey, please, please beat us. Like, please, we have we do not want to win this game at all. And then the Colts were like, no, seriously, when Gardner stepped out of the back of the end zone, like, No, seriously, (laughs) we do not want to win this game either. Please take it. And then the Ravens were like, no, we're literally so fucking dumb. You can have it. It did seem like that way for the last two minutes and in overtime. Yeah, like uh, a lot of sloppy football. But even if you take out the Drake fumble and the Lamar fumble and the Tucker missed field goal, which like you can't even 
even though he did get outkicked by Matt Gay and Matt Prater made a fucking 60 plus yarder, like, so it's not like he was even the best kicker in the league this week, but you can't put that on him either. My biggest thing is just like after the safety, the fact that they got the ball and should have just ran the clock out and easily won. And they literally somehow managed to take like 40 seconds off the clock and give the ball back to the Colts. Like that, that whole sequence from a former special teams head coach was just tough to watch. Yeah, I will say I, I, Tucker has definitely earned himself. He, he's allowed a miss from fucking six. Yeah, yeah especially a 60-plus. Like, no, yeah. no we, you shouldn't be banking on that going in every time. Honestly, yeah. it's it's a sign of respect that we all expected it. Yeah, as, as soon as it was on target, we all thought it was going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to summarize this game, it was probably just all the refs' fault. And the Ravens' defense. Yeah, I mean, two rushing touchdowns, 100 yards. He did his thing, 17 offensive points. That's just what that's just what offenses put up in the NFL these days. So I'd have to, I'd say the defense, yeah, they gave up too much. Um, and yeah, the refs just missing every call they could have possibly missed at the end of the game. Yeah, in a defensive era, they. <laughs> Their Ravens defense is just. Yeah, I mean, if you're deep. a fan, if you're a fan, and you're asking your 250 million dollar quarterback to score more than 17 points, no, no, that's not what you want. You want seven. That's the perfect number. 250 million dollars, 17 points per game. That's what you're looking for. Well, you find, have, you find the excuses elsewhere because it's not him. That I can I'm, tell you. I have heard the Colts' defense is being compared to the 85 Bears, so Lamar did have his work cut out for him. True. And just in fairness, like you kind of brought up earlier, in today's defensive NFL, if you score 17 points, you should expect to win 90% of those games. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 17 points beats a lot of teams this week, (laughs) including both teams in our next game, Patriots-Jets. Patriots 15, Jets 10. I honestly just respect the people that pay real money to go to this game. <laughs> like, good God in heaven. I mean, don't get me wrong, most of those people probably bought the tickets expecting it to be Aaron Rodgers. But, Christ almighty, what a fucking dumpster fire of a game. That's pretty much all I got. I mean, it went about as expected. Both teams played a super ugly game. Two of the best defenses in the NFL, division rivals, shitty weather. Um, I, I don't think anyone was necessarily expecting a shootout. No, this was probably the exact score most people were expecting. Like okay. 15 to 10 is just a perfect score for this game. I'm honestly curious. Do you happen to know off the top of your head what the over-under closed at? No, probably like 39 and a half. That would have been incredible if it was anything under 40. <laughs> I think there was a game or two that had totals under 40 this week, and this had to be one of them. Oh, Steelers Raiders for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was probably like 37 and a half. That would still have been too high for me. All right, we'll continue on then. Lions 20, Falcons 6. 
Um, anyone have any thoughts on this? I definitely thought this one would have been closer. I'm not or gonna lie. not not even closer, but higher scoring on both ends. I'm not gonna lie to you. I as you're like reading off these games, I feel like I didn't watch a single down of football on Sunday. Like I I don't even remember seeing the Lions or the Falcons. Yeah, in All fairness, the- red zone was just the Dolphins' eighty percent of the one o'clock window. Valid. You also did have about six or seven small batch bourbons. <laughs> could have played a role. Which, speaking of, Josh, one of my accounts got a Elijah Craig private barrel, Ooh. and it's sixty four percent. Yikes! Yeah, that'll put some fucking <laughs> face. Yeah, that'll get the job done. It, but I honestly, I liked it more than the makers that we drank on Sunday. Mm. It's got a even for sixty four percent. It doesn't like punch you in the face, and it also. There's a good bit of sweetness to it, which I really like. Anyway, there's our bourbon review for the week. I was yes. going to say, we are sponsored by Elijah Craig. Elijah Craig. Make Please sure reach out. Least, make sure you have at least seven before you get the, behind the <laughs> bar. <laughs> and Elijah Craig, our 64% bourbon ensures you will not walk <laughs> away from a car crash. <laughs> That's a personal guarantee. Yeah. I think the most surprising line from this game was Bijan 10 carries for 33 yards. It's not like Detroit had put together a lot of good defensive tape coming into this week. Hey, they're actually now the 11th ranked defense in the NFL, so you got to chill with that noise. Yeah, but that may be because they just faced Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I mean. And Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say, and Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) I don't even remember who they played week two. Who did they beat week two? No, they lost week two to uh, Geno freaking Smith. Oh, yeah. Well, that goes without saying. My arch rival. <laughs> um, played well again. Yeah. Your boy. He'll turn, he'll turn into a pumpkin soon, as they say. God right. damn it, stop. <laughs> Your boy Drake London and Kyle Pitts are just – I guess starring in the reboot of Phantom of the Opera because they are just nowhere to be fucking found. Yeah, again, they had Matt Ryan who can probably not throw a football further than your brother. And now they have Desmond Ritter. So it's not like they're playing with the who's who of the NFL. Albeit Desmond Ritter for how bad the rest of the NFL quarterbacks are is probably league average. But Jesus Christ, I mean, give those guys someone like Josh Allen or Kenny Pickett, and I guarantee you they put up ridiculous numbers. Yeah, two of the biggest arms in the NFL, Josh Allen and Kenny Pickett. (laughs) They're basically the exact same player. (laughs) Similar build. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I guess that's it for that game. Anything else? All right. Uh, next game, Saints and Packers. Saints 17, Packers 18. And I'm just noticing there were a ton of games in the 1 o'clock window. There we go. We're, we're halfway down the list. Uh, RIP Derek. They definitely would have won this game with Derek. But in fairness, Jameis did lead a game-winning drive, and they missed like a 45-yard field goal. So yeah. that's... 
Yeah, he drove them into inside to the red zone, and they came away with a loss. Well, also, apparently, Jordan Love is on the fast track to the Hall of Fame, apparently, if you listen to any of the sports talk shows. 22 for 44? Oh, yeah. His completion (laughs) on the season is It's like 50%, yeah. Some people are asking, if Jordan Love retired tomorrow, is he a Hall of Famer? Without question. (laughs) Yeah, you've seen some good things from him. Yeah. At least 50% of the time. He looks calm back there. (laughs) He does not look stressed whatsoever. No. I'm not sure he knows what's going on. Yeah, certainly does not look stressed about winning. <laughs> no, oh, but that being said, did did lead a game winning drive as well, dude. I I just looked this up. Wow, I just looked it up to see what his exact completion percentage was, and first fucking headline I see from Sports Fucking Illustrated. Apparently, Dan Orlovsky compared Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, that sounds about par for the course for Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, they are two unproven guys. Christ, I'm, I need to see what this fucking clown actually said. I mean, that cannot, that cannot be his worst take in the past, like, three months. Yeah, no, he's gotten a little off the reservation. Putting it lightly. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Jameis next week. Oh, speaking of being off the reservation, we didn't touch on this when we talked about the commanders. Did you see that they're getting sued by some, like, Native American tribe for they want for not they, being named the Redskins? Yeah, they want to change the name back to the Redskins. Yeah, I did see that. It's hilarious. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's Because apparently the person that was on the helmet was, like, an actual human at one point. I mean, don't, don't fucking, I mean, we know my feelings on the subject, but don't sit here and tell me those uniforms weren't great. Is Clinton Portis the one filing the lawsuit? He should be. Because <laughs> he looks so goddamn good. It's some group from North Dakota. Yeah, it's like the the, the tribe that the Redskins represent. They're like, They're, we want you to wear like our chief on your helmet and go yeah. to war every Sunday. Here's the here's a direct quote from the lawsuit. Nagas <laughs> Nagas members were huge Redskins fans precisely because they were the Redskins, end quote. <laughs> Apparently it was a good a reason as any. Stoic face of Chief White Calf. I'm trying to think if they're from the Dakotas. I mean, I'm assuming there's some faction of the Sioux tribe. I'll report back. I'll do an entire goddamn deep dive on this. This is yeah, my area of expertise. And find out where they were from before they got, like, exiled to North Dakota. Well, I mean. The Trail honestly, of Tears. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, but if they were, it would honestly just be better if they were naturally from there and they were just one of the horse tribes. That would be plains. I think. Well, I mean, you just, just find out the, what poisons they used. I mean, I already knew that. There's <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> but yeah, that. I mean, I love those uniforms. I mean, the fact that Lavernius Coles, Santana Moss, and Clinton Portis aren't the new owners of the team is a fucking travesty. That's a good point. 
All right, so although we didn't even talk about the Saints-Packers game, that's it for the Saints-Packers game. Um, next, and maybe the least shocking game of the 1 o'clock window, Texans 37, Jaguars 17. The one we all saw coming. As previously stated, the Texans are probably they're in contention with the Colts for best team in the AFC South. C.J. Shroud is the best quarterback in this division by a significant margin. (laughs) Outside of, well, no, because Gardner. Right, they just have one A and one B. And then Will Levis. (laughs) And then Tank Dell if he played quarterback because he's (laughs) so good at everything. Yeah, probably not Tank Dell. <laughs> no, Trevor Lawrence may be fourth. No, I mean, not much from this game either. Like, it, it was just never close. In Jacksonville, Texans came in, scored a touchdown early, went up 17-0 before the Jaguars. The Jaguars didn't even score until the second half. Like, this was just kind of a beatdown all the way through. The fullback kick return was sick. So, yeah, I completely. I forgot about Oh, yeah, 85 yards. That is, yeah, that, that play pretty much sums up this game. Anyone who touched it for the Texans was scoring. I think that does it for the 1 o'clock window, if you don't have anything else on that game. Yeah, um... It's such a weird week. It's like, some of these, like I said, these games and shit, I feel like I didn't even watch football. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to watching football watching. later as well. Yeah, don't worry. We, I'm going to have to discuss college football at some point. All right, so the first game in the 4 o'clock window, Panthers-Seahawks, 27-37. Andy Dalton was slinging it. Oh, my God, this fucking sandwich looks so good. Yeah, he was. Fucking over 300, two TDs, no turnovers, I think. I mean, what do you expect? Andy Dalton will start a game in the NFL three years from now. Yeah, I mean, he had 360 yards and no turnovers. And by far the Panthers' best offensive performance. I mean, yes, we knew they were an offensive juggernaut was the key to just put Andy Dalton back in. Yeah, despite being an offensive juggernaut, they still lost to Geno Smith. Yeah. Which that one's that one's tough for, for the Seahawks take, but I, I have faith that things will balance out. I mean, hey, they were good at the first half of last year and then fell off, so they're on the same trajectory right now. That's what I'd be telling myself if I was you. Yeah, and Kenneth Walker is just a freak. Yeah, he's pretty good. Jay, anything on this game? Gino. Thank you for your thoughts. Um, <laughs> Cowboys Cardinals next game. Cowboys sixteen, Cardinals twenty eight, and we've alluded to this game a little bit as well. The Cardinals are just playing hard. I have Dan and Coach of the Year. But no, he's running Hollywood behind. Brown, Comeback Player of the Year. Behind Brandon Staley. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I'm not surprised. If uh, if I'm Caleb Williams, which honestly, it, it's starting to look more and more like the Cardinals aren't even going to have the first overall pick to begin with. Just no, based on... There's, like, a, there's a decent chance they don't at this point. Like, just given what we've seen through three weeks, um, there are some teams out there that are significantly worse. Like, the worst thing for the Cardinals at this point, and I'm a Kyler guy, but would be Kyler coming back and taking the job from Josh Dobbs. That yeah, was, if I agree wholeheartedly. Like, if they're, if they're quote-unquote auditioning for Caleb Williams right now, they're doing a good job. Like, as it stands currently, if you get, you know, Caleb Williams and whoever you use your other high pick on, like, uh, Harrison or whatever, like, if I was Caleb Williams, I would gladly play for this team next year over, like, five other teams. Yeah, at this point, it seems like it's, like, an ideal situation. Yeah, 100%. I mean, so uh, ideal that he probably won't even have a chance to go there. I mean, yeah. they, just ran, they just ran over 200 yards against what was supposed to be the greatest fucking defense of all time and the greatest defensive player ever. And like, Mike Parsons is apparently better than Lawrence Taylor, is what I've been told. But that's neither here nor there. James Conner. At least as good. Yeah, they may play. They, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. They may play themselves out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They could, like, borderline, based on some other shit we've seen, they could borderline not even have a top five pick. Who uh, who did that kind of recently? If someone that, like, won, like, the second to last week or the last week. It was season. last year. It was the Texans. They won the last week of the year for the Bears to get the first pick. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of the Bears... And then they traded and just wasted. This Passed could, on Jalen Carter. This could transition us into the next 4 o'clock game, but the Bears might just be playing chess out there. Fucking, they're just going to have the first overall pick again and made all those moves, have all those extra picks from Carolina and Philly and still end up with Caleb fucking Williams. And they'll still be bad if Caleb Williams goes there. Like, no, no chance. Caleb Williams is going to go undefeated every year as an NFL starter. Yeah, per Nick Wright. No. He's already the second best no, quarterback in the NFL. Right. Nick Wright and his stupid fucking uh, nose can fuck right that's off. That's what you can think. Jay and Nick Wright on the same page. Yeah. No. Nick if Wright is one does, thing away from this does, podcast. You does that Nick not Wright scare you? person. Does that not scare you a little bit that he thinks that way too? Like he's never right about anything. So if he was thinking the same thing I was, I'd be a little bit worried that I was wrong. No, because I know wholeheartedly that he's watched exactly zero downs of college football, whereas I've dedicated my life to the sport. So, but but he just feel like he can't be right. So even if Caleb Williams was on track to be the best NFL quarterback ever, like he's just not going to be. Because Nick Wright has chosen him as his next guy. Yeah, but you also got to take into account that everybody has chosen him to be the next guy, including me, who invented college football. Not me. I don't think he's NFL ready. <laughs> Are we officially talking about this game now? Because it is the last <laughs> four o'clock game. Yeah, yeah, we're we're on to the Bears and Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs forty-one, Bears ten, in Do probably even... one of the most popular NFL games of all time. 
Did we have to even fucking talk about this fucking gay ass game? I had just now, had one. To be honest, my thoughts on this game are that anyone that's playing the Bears, it's basically a bye week. You can't, as a Chiefs fan, be like our offense is back. Like you no, know, if this didn't happen. I agree. This was basically a scrimmage. This, but... is, this is still a team that's struggling on offense, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> as long um, as they, Mahomes, they will be struggling on offense. They they are uh, I would... a top three defense, and I'll give Colin the floor. Who is the best cornerback in the NFL through three weeks? Just I don't know. Who is it? It is Cleve <laughs> Wallace. It is Trent McDuffie, also officially ranked that on PFF, the most accurate measure of football talent ever. Uh, <laughs> if you ever reference PFF in a non-negative light on this podcast again, I'm quitting. Sponsored by PFF. And Pfizer. For all you do for the game. And yeah. Pfizer. Yeah. God, he is so fucking good. You're welcome. The only thing I will say is I've it's full, like, I'm in the full Thanos meme at this point where the first one is Kadarius or it's uh, Trent McDuffie being the best quarterback in the NFL, just being like, what does it cost? And then Kadarius Tony is just <laughs> in the other frame, like everything. <laughs> but yeah, one of hey, the takes had to pan out. And yeah. Unfortunately, it was just not, not Kadarius Tony <laughs> the at all. Of opposites. Yeah. Uh, Jay, anything on this game? Uh, Kelsey needs to do something about his hair and facial hair. He he literally looks like every dude from those Charlottesville white person rallies from a couple years ago. Like he's. Got I think he looks good. I think he looks like he practices reciting Hitler's speeches. Uh, it's just and, a mustache and. And his, his fucking hair, dude. Are you kidding me? Um, Taylor Swift, who gives a shit. I'm, I've never been a Swift guy. Uh, That's just another thing you're wrong about. She had, like, two good songs. Um, I mean, she had, like, wait, four. Stop. She had four albums with zero misses. Jay, <laughs> what are her two good songs? I'm very curious to hear this. We Are Never Getting Back Together and 20. That's a good, that is a good one. And then the next one was just not that great. Are you kidding me? Everyone in their fucking mother, when they turned 22, used that as a fucking Instagram caption. Yeah, does that make it good? It makes it catchy. <laughs> yeah, it is catchy. It's a top 25 Taylor Swift song. She's a fucking pop singer. Like, catchy is what sells. Like, it's pop is fucking gay. Well, she was country, and that's where her four best albums are. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, that's really all I had on this game. I mean, the Bears are just so fucking bad. <laughs> she, may have sing- bad. she may have single-handedly saved the NFL being at that game. Mm, no. With the current play on the field, the NFL needed something like this to happen to retain any viewers. No, that's why I, for one, I for one was almost done with football completely after watching, especially Monday night, which we'll, we'll also why, get to. That's why they put the Steelers on back-to-back primetime games. 
Yeah, that's the next game. Steelers twenty three, Raiders eighteen. How do you how are you feeling after that game? Does beating uh, the by five fix everything? Uh, defense is ridiculous. Um, TJ Watt six sacks through three games should shock zero people. Um. Besides, apparently, everyone who thinks that Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, and God knows who else are better than him. Trent McDuffie. Yeah, Trent McDuffie. Um, Kenny Pickett looked good. Um, or I shouldn't say it looked good, but it looked good in comparison to the previous two weeks, which, in fairness, there's really nowhere to go but up. He did look better than getting his neck snapped at midfield. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, no. Outside of that, I really, I don't. I think really Najee Harris stepped it up to a bit, uh, three point four yards per carry. So that probably Dude, like triples looks, his average. He looks so fucking slow. Like I am fully confident that I could beat him in a foot race. Yeah, it's like, ugly. It's he doesn't so, look like he knows he, he's not running with any confidence either. Dude, it's like such an obvious difference when he's in there versus Jalen Warren. It's just the offense has a completely different level of juice when Jalen Warren's on the field. Um but I thought Canada actually called a, a pretty good game. Um the second half was not as ideal. Um the first half we looked pretty damn sharp. So that was really nice to see. Um, but hey, who knows? We're we're getting closer to that 400 yards of offense mark. It's only been like three fucking years. You ran some plays inside the 30 for the first time this season. Yeah, that was that's positive. Well, no, we've we've already run a few. We had oh. a couple against the Niners. Oh, but the one touchdown they scored against the Niners was like fourth and goal. All right, so the offense is back. That's what I'm hearing. The offense, they'll, they'll be back when they eclipse 350 yards of total offense, which probably won't happen this season. Till next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, problem solved. Matt Canada just did not have enough power. So yeah, you give him some. You give him some more power. And I mean, Kenny it, Pickett throws for multiple touchdowns in the first game of his career. If yeah, they that's pretty can, that. If they can just Tomlin out completely, I mean, is this a Super Bowl team if they fire Tomlin and just let Canada? Should Matt Canada be head coach? I think Matt, that's what Steelers fans want. He is co-coach of the year with Brandon Staley and Jonathan. I mean, after this week, it's hard to argue. You give the man with, a little bit more power, you have your best offensive performance of the year. You beat the Raiders. Dude, I just saw that post about Kirk Cousins, what he's on pace for this season. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, just... And, and Justin up. Jefferson, which would be hilarious if they both hit those marks and don't win a game. Honestly, it'd be... He throws for, like, what is it, like 6,800 yards? Uh, is 6,000 yards, 51 touchdowns, 9 picks. Yeah, imagine having that stat line just being 0-17. I mean, isn't that basically what Deshaun Watson did when the Texans went 4-12? and 12? 
or at least that's except basically media, half of those numbers. Except you mean double. That's what the media made us think. Deshaun Watson, don't let the fucking liberal media try <laughs> to brainwash you. Deshaun Watson threw for ten thousand yards and seventy touchdowns in a season. No himself. one will. No one will forget the poor Deshaun Watson season. I think the NFL was weekly tweeting hashtag poor Deshaun Watson, the official NFL page. All right, so if we have to, we'll talk about Monday night in two of the more disgusting games I've ever watched in my entire life. I remember he played last night. Eagles Bucks. Oh, God. Yeah. I have. Quite a bit to say on this game. Yeah, we knew he had it stored up somewhere. Dude, fucking, I'm so, all the commentary I've heard today about this fucking game is beyond infuriating. I'm convinced the people that get paid millions of dollars to talk about sports on TV just don't even fucking watch the games. Like, I've, I've never. Yeah, I would more, not be surprised. I've never been more sure of that until the commentary today about just this fucking game. What was I didn't hear any of it because I did not want to. Nick Wright and Coward were just saying how, like, um, they were expecting Baker to play better against the beat-up Eagles secondary. It's like, yeah, um, last time I checked, he isn't the running back that had a fucking fumble that gave the Eagles the ball the 25-yard line. He's not Mike Evans, who had a few criminal drops. Before he Including a touchdown right in his hands. Yeah. Early. Early. Yeah, it's a completely different game if he catches that. 100%. So, like, sure, yeah, he threw a pick. Wasn't great. But, you know, there with some bad drops in there, um, I, I don't think that's on Baker. And how about we talk about the defense not being able to stop fucking anything um, in terms of running the ball. I mean, DeAndre Swift ran forever. Last night, so I mean, sixteen they, carries for a hundred and thirty yards, and they needed every yard of it because Jalen Hurts looked fucking pathetic as well. Yeah, they had the ball for almost like fucking forty minutes. Like, like they did absolutely, they did absolutely nothing to win this game, and they won by fourteen points. Yeah, and we we knew that the Buccaneers were going to have a struggle to run the ball because who is going to run the ball against Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox and friends? I had the Bucks plus four and a half, and I'm just still convinced I was right. Like that was the right bet. Like the, this game was a, a three point game. Yeah, I mean, are the Eagles the worst three and O team in history? If I'm playing devil's advocate, I guess the only positive spin zone I would say for the Eagles is that they're they have DeAndre Swift. Yeah, that and just the fact that. If they look this bad at three and zero, maybe they get better. But like, I agree with you. I think the problem is Jalen Hurts actually throwing the ball down the field. Like their O line is ridiculous. Their D line is ridiculous. DeAndre Swift is so good. So like, yeah, just don't throw it, and you should be in pretty good shape. Is anyone fucking surprised by DeAndre Swift? Like no, no, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that people are surprised. Yeah, I'm yeah, surprised that the Lions traded him. Yeah, 
And speaking of things that are annoying, that fucking short yardage play. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on this fucking play. I need to get you started on this fucking play. This play, play, by definition, homosexual, one. Two, should just be illegal. In any other situation, using an off-ball player to create an advantage for the on-ball player is illegal in every other possible situation. And the NFL looked at it and were like, no, we're just going to keep it. Yeah, no, it, it, they have to adjust it. I don't mind, like, the idea of pushing the pile, but, like, in the open field. Like, there should be a rule, like, inside. Yeah, not pile. by design. That's, like, you you shouldn't be allowed to do it by design. Yeah. It's not, it's not football. Yeah, no. It's, it's like it's rugby. Fucking, it's like a rugby scrum. Because people are always like, well, if it's so effective, why don't other teams do it? I'm like, because other teams want to play football. Not do some gay shit on fourth and inches. Yeah. I I saw another interesting counterpoint, too, was there, like, the, such the biggest problem is, is, like, to truly stop it, if you, you put eight, ten, or all eleven guys right there on the line of scrimmage or in the box, all it takes is one time to fake it, and they literally just pitch it to any other player on offense, and they're going to walk in and score. So it's like also cheap in the sense that you can't wholeheartedly defend it because you're compromising your entire defense by doing so. Yeah, but not even, like, because they faked one this week and uh, Jalen Hurts had, like, so much momentum forward that when he shifted backwards, he just fell over. No, no, I just meant in the sense that, like, yes, it didn't work out, but that was a time where I'm saying if the defense actually put, like, everybody on the ball just to completely negate the push, if the defense lined up that way, the offense can literally run any pitch, handoff, screen pass that's not right at the point of attack. And it's Right, easy. right. I get what you're saying. I guess I'm just saying I don't think the Eagles could pull that off physically. I mean, it would if it requires Jalen Hurts throwing it, it could be pretty tough. Uh, anything else on this one before we get into the next pathetic Monday night game? Um, no. Baker's – well. This uh, – Yeah, Rams-Bangles, Rams 16, Bengals 19. This almost felt like the Ravens-Colts again where it was like, <laughs> does, do, do either of these teams want to win this game? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see the end of this game, like probably the last quarter, quarter and a half, but early in the game, the Rams got the ball down to like the one-yard line and then just had to settle for field goals twice. It was like they were, just did not want to pull away at all in the first half when the Bengals' offense was doing absolutely nothing, and they let them hang around just for one offensive touchdown to be the difference. Um, Stafford threw a, a pretty atrocious pick. Yeah, a couple of them. I um, thought both. I thought both were pretty bad. Or maybe just one was untimely. The second I just, one. Was, I just remember getting very mad at it. The second one was a tip pass. I'm not holding that against him. Maybe it was just untimely. Was it in the red zone or close to it? 
Um, they were definitely driving, but like it was a weird play. Like I've never seen a ball ricochet like that. So like he threw it, what was going to be like a, a slant to Nakua, and it like grazed the guy's bicep and went like five yards left. It like went completely. It completely altered the ball flight and just hit Logan's fucking chest. But yeah, no, that ball was tipped at the line. Um, my last note for this game was, um, I was serious when I said, is Burroughs contract the worst contract in the NFL currently? Well, it, I did listen to a little bit of NFL media and they would, uh, tell you that the Bengals offense is back based on this performance. Christ. They, they, they found their rhythm. They're, they are putting it together. They scored one hey, offensive touchdown, and I was going to say maybe was a next rushing week, touchdown. Yeah, maybe next week they can score two offensive touchdowns, so they're trending in the right direction. But no, I still think like the whole Burrow calf thing. Like, a, I don't want to hear excuses if he's out there playing. Like, oh, he's. It's like if his calf is so messed up that he can't throw it deep. Like. He's a liability. At that point, you should bench him for someone who just has a full range of motion, so I don't want to hear that. But I still feel like every week we're just going to hear about this calf injury, and it's like the fact of the matter is they're not playing well through three weeks. They shouldn't have won this game. They got lucky. Yeah, if Sunday morning you decide, or Monday morning in this case, you decide you're playing, you lose all right to excuses on injury as a performance issue in my mind. I still believe the Rams are going to be a decent team this year. I do want to throw that out, out there. Yeah, they. I mean, it's just far. They should have. This game should have been over before the halftime whistle. Letting people hang around, reoccurring theme for a lot of these games. All right. Do you want to go over some winners and losers? Um, I have a a. Big loser. Um, yeah, I would say everyone that spent time out of their day watching the NFL on Sunday and Monday is a that loser. Is a good one. That was on my list as well. Um, the fans, yeah, we, we are all losers, um, especially with what's been put on prime time recently. And more specifically, uh, Steelers fans also losers because. We will be subjected to Matt Canada for the rest of the season. And honestly, the way it's going, it'll probably just be next year, too. Well, that leads us into one of my winners of the week, and that was Matt Canada. (laughs) It came out around 12 o'clock on Sunday. He's getting some more power with that offense. They come out and score over 20 points. There we go. Um, I think their my, offense is fixed. I think he fixed it. My uh, two biggest losers are both teams kind of had a similar situation this week, being both the Ravens and the Saints. Like, pissed away a game where they both could have had a commanding 3-0 lead or 3-0 record and lead in their division. <laughs> Um, Saints have Kamara coming back too, so I know obviously you can't control the injury, but 
if they were three and zero with him coming back, they would have been in great shape. And again, every other team in the AFC North won, and the Ravens lost a game that they easily should have won. So they pissed that opportunity away. Those are my two biggest losers. Yeah, I yeah. think. Okay, here you go. I'm trying to think of who my winner would be if. If anyone, I'd say me. <laughs> um, I'm like thirteen and two on college football so far this season, which is pretty not shocking. The only shocking part is the two losses, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so I did. At, Notre Dame did cover for me because I got it at three. But dude, that fucking game! I almost threw my phone through the fucking television. Um, Ohio State fucking sucks, and this is a brief tangent. Florida State fucking sucks. Um, but dude, Kyle McCord fucking sucks. Ohio State sucks. Ryan Day, the gayest fucking dude of all fucking time. Like the shit he he going after Lou Holtz after the game. It's like, bro, he's nine years old. You fucking. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you doing talking shit to a 90-year-old because you said your team wasn't tough? Like, no shit, your team's not tough. You fucking coach Ohio State, you fucking idiot. Like, dude, I would kick the shit out of Ryan Day on sight if I saw him. And then I'd be like, that's for Jim Harbaugh, and walk away. <laughs> dude, fuck that guy. And I cannot wait for Michigan to kick the living shit out of them again third year in a row. Had to get that off my chest. We will uh, we will mark that down that your status is currently on site with Ryan Day. We're gonna hold you to that. <laughs> Does he not? Yeah, that's going that's going in the notebook. Does he not have the most punchable face of all fucking time? It's pretty bad. I will level with you, but I'm just saying. And Ohio State is pretty bad as well. They're so bad, dude. <laughs> if we ever see him, I just expect you to bust into a full sprint. <laughs> I that I used to say that about John Harbaugh, and I saw him at Cameron Yards one time, and I was like, well, <laughs> "You better start just waking up every day and putting a suicide vest on, just on the <laughs> off chance you run into Ryan Day." <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask Eric to introduce me. Yeah, he could probably arrange that. He has some pool over there. But it also speaking of college football, um, again, this kind of goes back to the theme that I brought up earlier of people overreacting to the first two or three weeks of the fucking season. No fucking shit. Colorado was going to get their fucking ass beat. Are you kidding me? That was so fucking obvious with for anyone that had a brain, I guess, which no one on fucking sports television does. Like, so much so that I actually took that game minus 28 and a half. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, people knew it on Vegas News, the 22-point game. But yeah, dude, fucking Chris Broussard picked hmm. Colorado outright. Nick Wright was like, I don't understand this line at all. They have Shadur Sanders, who's going to, you know, who would be the number one overall pick. How are we understanding? Yes, I mean, you're talking about the same guy who's talking about, like, Caleb Williams. 
Yeah, well, Caleb Williams is the best prospect we've had since Andrew Luck. Um, yeah, but maybe. Yeah, he is. Dude. I have reason to believe he'll be a bust. That's fine, but take it from me. Those reasons being Nick Wright thinks he's going to be the best. Um, But, yeah, no. So, Colorado, people are overreacting. Shadir Sanders, all of a sudden, is, like, the unequivocal next fucking first overall pick next year if he comes out. Like, so, it's just so exhausting. Some of the shit these fucking idiots say on television and get paid to say. I don't think anyone said he's the first overall pick. Dude, what everyone is saying, if he doesn't come out this year and waits oh, a year. Oh, 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 for the year after. Yeah, because this okay. quarterback is so stacked. Yeah. But, dude, he cannot hold a fuck. I shouldn't say he can't hold a candle, but he can't hold a fucking candle to fucking Penix, Bonix, Drake May. Um, Obviously, Caleb's in his own fucking world, but it's just, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's very annoying. Almost as annoying as USC being Arizona State. They lost? No, they, they won, but it was not the blowout that it should have been. Ah. It was like 27-21 at one point. They ended up winning by two scores, but Again, too close for sorry-ass Arizona State. So do we have anything else? Any other winners or losers? I still want the Steelers to tank for Caleb. They may have too many wins already. That's true. Chicago might go winless. Decent chance. Anything else? Colin? Winners, losers? Um, I'm a winner. I'm <laughs> off this, so. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess that'll do it for this week.